Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi there and welcome to The Back Chat. So this week, Susie, you interviewed Martin and Mo, season yeah. two, episode two. Um, the programme's called Stepping Up. Yeah. Um, can you just give us a quick reminder about their story? Yeah, so Martin and Mo took on care of Martin's grandson, CJ, when he was nine weeks old. So this little baby who was no longer able to live with his mum and dad came to Martin and Mo, who are in their 50s and thought that that stage of life was completely behind them. And they now have um, full-time permanent care of CJ. God, I thought it was, it was obviously uh, really impressive, especially for Mo, because she isn't actually related yeah, to Yeah, that's she? right. She's not the biological grandmother. She's Martin's partner. Mo was completely supportive right from the start. There was this lovely moment where I think Martin felt that he had to check with Mo whether she was up for this and the answer was absolutely instant from her. It was a definite yes. And yeah, I read a bit about kinship carers. And yeah, I know it's a very interesting that, area. Yeah, it's a massively interesting area Like because they tend to be older and um, less good health and obviously it's a big financial strain because you haven't really factored this in yeah, into your life, have absolutely. you? Um, Shall we mention what kinship care is? Oh, yes, Susie. You. Okay, me again. Oh, 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 psychological resident explainer. explainer. Here she is. <laughs> no pressure at all. Okay, so it's basically where so a you child... you look after your kids. <laughs> and care for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a bit like foster care, um, but where a child is placed with a member of the family. Or I think sometimes it might include, like, you know, if it was a really good friend, but basically somebody from within that kind of kinship circle. A kinship circle. Kinship circle. Oh. There you go. There's a phrase. It's great for the kids, obviously. And the pluses for the kids are that you, like, stay within your family. You usually have still contact with your parents, if possible. Sort of yeah. Thing. It's perhaps a bit easier because they happen to be the children, often, or brothers or sisters or whatever, of your, your, your carers. Um, and what I understand, they have much better outcomes. Yeah, I think they do. I, th I think the evidence is that kind of behaviorally and emotionally and academically, the outcomes are better. And you can understand why that is, can't you? You know, I think if you're if you're living within your own 
family, then you've got that sense of belonging, that sense of identity. I think there's there are lower rates of breakdown. So you're not having those movements between different placements. Yeah. I think, um, you know, the commitment from the kinship carers is is stronger uh, yeah I'm kind of reluctant to say stronger but yeah I guess that if it's a member of your family there's that added impetus to stick with something even though it might be very difficult yeah so all of those factors lead to better outcomes for children also for the local authority they save a lot of money which they always yeah and I think that that's one of the big things you know in looking at the at the uh, organisations that support kinship carers you know it comes out again and again that people need financial support for this you know that those resources do need to be put in and it can't just be seen as a cheap option it's got to be properly resourced because you know as with Martin and Mo you're you're placing a child into a into a family and it's turning that situation upside down yeah I mean there's not many grandparents who probably would say no but equally you know it's never going to well it's not an ideal situation for them is it they've also got obviously the sort of emotional upheaval of you know their their own children not being able to look after these these kids so that's going to obviously have caused some upset um or a lot of upset I'm sure yeah I mean Um, exactly there's the situation that's led up to the child needing to be placed with with kinship carers and you know that as a parent that's going to be massively distressing to see isn't it and there there might be all sorts of fallout from that you might be talking about you know mental health concerns or substance misuse or you know whatever um so for the for the in this case for the grandparents that's a really difficult thing that they're going through and of course they might also be caring for their own parents or for other children in the family. Yeah, they're in that kind of pivotal generation where they have got like the older generation needing care often and then their own children needing generation and of course like taking on their grandchild yeah, so that sandwich generation yeah then. well as we've said a fantastic outcome for CJ in that he's not going to be out of his family yeah he see he was absolutely it was lovely to see him he was he was lovely he was very loud as I'm sure you could hear on the recording yeah. but just seemed to be completely relaxed with Martin and Mo I think what was what was interesting actually was listening to Martin talk about when he had his children you know when when he had his two boys that are now grown up and how like a lot of parents he was working and he wasn't around very much whereas with CJ they're there with him he gets a huge amount of their time and you could you could see that in his behavior you know that he they were emotionally and physically available to him and he had that he just presented as a as a little boy that really had that feeling of security and and I guess the other massive big advantage is that he went to them at nine weeks and you know there wasn't then the kind of moved from foster yeah, care absolutely. and then the move into the adoption absolutely. and like by the time he's like one and a half he, yeah you know it makes it to the adoptive parents yeah. he's been there from nine weeks and that continuity is fantastic absolutely so he had that one transition and that was done at a very early age and since then he's had absolute stability in his placement yeah how do you think your parents would cope then if they had to take on your kids? Oh, uh, well, um, I'm not sure. I mean, my mum is amazing. Yeah, and, she um, is. You know, and my dad's really sweet with them. But yeah. um, I don't know. It's that kind of full-timeness would be such a shock, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, my I... mum had, like, uh, um, both of mine recently for, like, 
three days. Wow. And by the end of it, I think she was quite pleased to be giving them back. And also, I think she would struggle a little bit with... Um, you know, for example, putting like a car seat into the car, like, uh. and actually fixing it and doing it up. <laughs> like, I mean, she has just about done that now. But um, and like buggies and all the all the paraphernalia. The para- yeah, like, absolutely. she would just be like, "Oh my god!" Like, I've got to actually work out how to put this buggy up. I can't yeah. just put it in the boot up. Like, which is what <laughs> she often does. <laughs> I'll see her coming back, and I'll be like, "Oh, look how long your boot, ma'am." She goes, "No, I just couldn't get the buggy down." <laughs> Quite frankly, I mean, I'm going through it right now uh, for the first time. I'm not going to be wanting to do this again in my sixties. Absolutely. 60s. Yeah, I think part of the joy of being a grandparent, certainly what what my parents have said, is that you get to have them for a few hours and fill them full of sugar, and then send them back to their parents. So this story sort of started off like um, with the food bank, didn't it? Actually. Yeah, these places are amazing, you know, and um, I think they're mainly staffed by volunteers, aren't they? And they are, it's dreadful that we need them, but they are incredible places. And I think they do so much for people. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's unusual that people, that kinship carers are in that kind of position because um, often, you know, really undersupported by local authorities and therefore needing the extra support from other areas. Yeah, and actually one of the interesting things I read is that very often with kinship placements, the placement actually happens as a bit of an emergency. So all of a sudden you're getting this child coming. You know, it's not like you're getting three weeks notice that a child yeah. is coming to live with you. It's, I think, I think it was... Oh, there was a phrase that I read and it was something like the midnight telephone call. So, you know, this child might be coming to you in the middle of the night. Wow. Um, and also, I mean, the thing is we get, when you're having a baby, you have nine months to exactly, prepare for it. And exactly. you've got the room nice yeah. and doing this and that. And actually, like for them, it's happening, yeah. you know, a, a very short notice and they haven't had any opportunity to save up for this situation. Exactly. And so, you know, what your money is maybe having to be spent on getting equipment and so on in a cot and whatever and so then yeah there's not much left over for food and and for the the basics um so three things that we've learned from um this um podcast what sgo means what does that mean yeah so that was the special guardianship order that cj was um that, that was put in place for cj and i think what was really nice about it is that it gives parental responsibility to martin and mo but unlike adoption, it doesn't sever that legal relationship with his parents. So it's it's there's something nice about that, and Definitely. and that seems to have worked really well for them. And the second thing you you, you mentioned was like recording with toddlers in the room. That is quite a challenge. We had a screaming, busy little toddler, and it and kind of like I mean, in many ways, it sort of represented like the whole situation. Yeah, it? it's because the reality. I can yeah. remember saying to you, oh, oh, so like could they not have kind of one of them gone out with yeah. CJ and then like come back and yeah. and you were like well no but because Mo, Mo can't couldn't go exactly out on her own exactly. with him she's she's disabled actually it was really lovely to have him there because he was that constant reminder of what this was all about and yeah, he was definitely. very patient and didn't trash any of my equipment so thank you very <laughs> much for that CJ and the third thing like on coming back um from there I I really felt like you had been quite touched by sort of Mo's attitude what what could you? What did you sort of learn from that? Yeah, well, I th- I, I was really moved by how she was towards um, CJ's parents because I think it would have been quite easy to slip into being judgmental and critical and you know let's face it we all do that we all kind of get our judgy pants on sometimes and she just didn't she just um took them as they were you know felt sad that the situation had happened right um but didn't you know didn't criticize them she was very realistic and she was very accepting 
So next week, we're doing something completely new, aren't we? Our yeah. first two-parter. Very exciting, yeah. This story just really warranted two parts. I mean, it could have almost have been like three or four. It it's absolutely just, could, yeah. There's, there's so, so much. much um, and it's it's complex and it kind of, you know, we're going to start in a different place, in a different place from normal. It's just, it's very exciting. We come in midway through Ali's life, don't we? Yeah, that's right. So um, at the time, Ali has got two two, two children, um, but she's broken up from her first husband. Okay. So they're living with their dad, um, yeah. and um, and then she is um, just meeting this new guy, right? Um, who she's feeling really positive about, and. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of point. And the, and the whole program is about kind of relationships and yeah. step families and just, you know, how that can get quite complicated. Um, and yeah, there's big headlines um, within that first part, which are, you know, just shocking, but yeah. incredible. Um, yeah, so the, the second episode kind of really maybe starts to make sense of some of the kind of yeah from the from the first episode yeah she's she knows she's very good at reflecting and it's just yeah it's it's really um full-on and um I think you know it's a it's the page turner of the podcast world so if you can tune in next Tuesday then you're in for a treat have we got a clip that we can play for people here we go I found them together in her bed and she was virtually naked and so was he and I grabbed him out of the bed and I asked him what was going on and he screamed in my face, centimetres from my face. It's not, there's nothing going on, it's your sick mind. There's nothing going on, but there were bottles of all sorts in the room. It was quite obvious to me that there was something going on. He actually woke her up and she was very groggy and he said, you know, your mum thinks there's something going on. Is there? And she went, no. And I looked at her and I thought, I just do not believe you. We are The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. As ever, you can really help us out with a review, a share, or by getting a friend to subscribe. And if you've got a backstory, or if you know someone else who has, then please do get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah, see you See you next time. Bye. Thanks again to our sponsor, James, from 16 Degrees Coaching. Don't let your backstory define your future. Email him, james at 16degreescoaching.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.